Hi everyone, my name is Aditi and I'm in 10th grade from Hillsborough, New Jersey. I'm a blog writer for the Surgery Committee, Pathology Committee, and the Trauma Committee at Medicine Encompassed. September is National Atrial Fibrillation Awareness Month, and in honor of this, I'm going to go through a breakdown of what atrial fibrillation is. According to the American Heart Association, atrial fibrillation, also called AFib or AF, is a type of arrhythmia, which is a quivering or irregular heartbeat, that has the potential to cause blood clots, stroke, heart failure, and other heart-related complications. In people with atrial fibrillation, the upper chambers of the heart, called the atria, beat out of coordination in relation to the two lower chambers of the heart, the ventricles. This irregular beat in those with atrial fibrillation causes the heart to be unable to effectively move blood into the ventricles. In general, untreated atrial fibrillation doubles the risk of heart-related death and increases the risk of a stroke by five times. Despite this, most patients are not aware that atrial fibrillation is a significant condition. As stated by Mayo Clinic, the symptoms of atrial fibrillation include heart palpitations, weakness, fatigue, lightheadedness, dizziness, shortness of breath, and chest pain. There are four types of atrial fibrillation, parozymal atrial fibrillation, or occasional symptoms, persistent atrial fibrillation, long-standing persistent atrial fibrillation, which lasts longer than 12 months, and permanent atrial fibrillation, which cannot be restored. The major concern with atrial fibrillation is the potential for blood clots to develop in the upper heart chambers. These clots can travel to various other organs and can lead to blocked blood flow, also called ischemia, as well as other issues. Now, I wanted to bring up the causes and risk factors of atrial fibrillation. As briefly touched upon before, the heart is made of four chambers, two atria and two ventricles. In the right atrium, there is a group of cells called the sinus node that is used as a natural pacemaker, producing a signal that indicates the start of each heartbeat. During a regular heartbeat, the signal travels to the two upper heart chambers and then goes through the atrioventricular node, a pathway connecting the upper and lower chambers. The signal's movement causes the heart to contract, which sends blood through the body. In atrial fibrillation, however, the signals in the atria are chaotic and quiver as a result. So, the atrioventricular node is bombarded with impulses going into the ventricles. As a result, the ventricles also start to beat rapidly, though they don't keep up with the atria. Possible causes of this irregular heartbeat include high blood pressure, heart attack, coronary artery disease, abnormal heart valves, heart defects from birth, metabolic imbalance, sick sinus syndrome, which is an improper function of the sinus node, lung disease, previous heart surgery, viral infections, stress from surgery, and sleep apnea, which is when breathing starts and stops during sleep. Some people with atrial fibrillation, however, do not have any heart defects. This condition is called lone atrial fibrillation. In people with this condition, the cause is unclear. Atrial fibrillation can be diagnosed mainly with an electrocardiogram which uses electrodes on the chest and arms to record electrical signals through the heart. In addition to this device, doctors may use the following tools. A Holter monitor, which is a portable electrocardiogram device recording heart activity for 24 hours or longer. An event recorder, which is a portable electrocardiogram device recording activity for a few weeks to months. An electrocardiogram, which is a test that uses sound waves to create moving pictures of the heart. And a chest x-ray, which helps view the conditions of the lung and heart. The risk factors of atrial fibrillation are older age, heart disease, high blood pressure, chronic conditions, alcohol consumption, obesity, and family history of atrial fibrillation. 
To prevent atrial fibrillation, it is vital to relive a healthy lifestyle, especially in regards to the heart. This may include eating a heart-healthy diet, increasing physical activity, avoiding smoking, maintaining a healthy weight, limiting or avoiding caffeine and alcohol, reducing stress, and using over-the-counter medications cautiously to prevent rapid heartbeat. Continuing on, let's discuss the current treatment and prognosis for atrial fibrillation. Treatment of atrial fibrillation depends on how long one has had the condition, how harmful the symptoms are, and the cause of the atrial fibrillation. In general, the major goals of treatment are to reset the rhythm and prevent blood clots. The heart rhythm can be corrected using a procedure called cardioversion. This can be done in two ways, electrical cardioversion or cardioversion with drugs. In electrical cardioversion, an electric shock is delivered to the heart, which stops the heart's activity for a moment so that the rhythm resets. Cardioversion with drugs uses antiarrhythmics to restore the normal sinus rhythm. Medications are received through an IV or by mouth. Antiarrhythmic medications include dofedilide, flecainide, profofenol, aminoderone, and sotalol. While these drugs can help maintain a normal heartbeat, they can cause side effects such as nausea, dizziness, and fatigue. Furthermore, even with medications, there is a chance for another atrial fibrillation episode. Medications such as digoxin, which controls the heart rate at rest, beta blockers, which slow the heart rate at rest and during activity, and calcium channel blockers, which control the heart rate but are avoided for people with heart failure or low blood pressure, may also be prescribed to control heart rate. In some cases, medicines nor cardioversion works. For this, a procedure can be done to destroy the heart tissue causing the erratic signals. Options for this include a catheter ablation, maze procedure, and atrioventricular node ablation. A catheter ablation is when a thin tube called a catheter is inserted into the groin and goes to the blood vessels in the heart. The tip of the catheter creates radiofrequency energy, extreme cold or heat, to destroy specific heart tissue and form scar tissue. Mace procedure is when a scalpel, radiofrequency, or extreme cold are used to create scar tissue that interferes with stray electrical impulses. Atrioventricular node ablation is when a catheter is used to deliver radiofrequency energy to the pathway connecting the upper and lower heart chambers. This destroys a small area of heart tissue which fixes the stray signals. However, since the atria will still quiver after this, a pacemaker will be needed to make sure the ventricles beat properly, and blood thinners will be needed to take in and to reduce the risk of a stroke. To prevent blood clots, anticoagulants or blood thinners may be prescribed. These include warfarin and newer anticoagulants including dabigatran, rivaraxaban, apivaxaban, and edovaxaban. Another method that could be considered is a procedure called left atrial appendage closure, which is when a catheter is inserted through a vein in the leg and guided to the left atrium of the heart. There, a left atrial appendage closure device is inserted through the catheter to close the small sac or appendage in the left atrium. This may reduce the risk of blood clots in some people with atrial fibrillation, since most clots that occur in atrial fibrillation happen in the left atrial appendage. To conclude our episode today, we're going to look to the future. As stated by NCBI, the major method of treatment being researched for atrial fibrillation focuses on prevention strategies, mainly atrial fibrillation substrate, which is an electrical change in the atria without any structural disease. This treatment is called upstream therapy. In general, this therapy involves agents that prevent structural remodeling. 
For example, ACEIs, or angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitors, help relax your veins and arteries to lower your blood pressure. As explained by Mayo Clinic, they also prevent an enzyme in the body from producing angiotensin II, a substance that narrows blood vessels. These inhibitors have been shown to decrease atrial fibrillation in animal studies. Also, as explained by NCBI, aldosterone inhibitors inhibit aldosterone, a hormone that balances sodium and potassium in your blood. Too much of aldosterone can cause the body to lose potassium and retain sodium, which increases water content in the blood and, consequently, increases blood pressure. These inhibitors have been shown to reduce atrial fibrosis, which is caused by atrial fibrillation in rats. However, implementing these findings in humans have had mixed results. If you would like to help, a major charity for atrial fibrillation is the Atrial Fibrillation Association, which you can donate to at heartrhythmalliance.org. Medicine Encompassed is a 501c3 non-profit organization that provides numerous opportunities oriented towards the integration of STEAM and medicine, aiming to produce content and offer a multitude of services to underprivileged and underserved students. This podcast is our initiative to explore medicine through an informative audio format. Visit our website, medicine-encompass.org, to learn more about our organization. If you would like to suggest a topic to our team or be a featured guest on the Medicine Encompassed podcast, please email us at podcast at medicine-encompass.org. Remember to follow us on Spotify and Anchor at the Medicine Encompassed podcast and Instagram at the Medenk podcast so you never miss an episode. Edited by Alyssa Wong. Music by Alyssa Wong. Cover art by Angela Liu.